Greetings and welcome to Reset and Reorder. I'm Tami Musahana. I'm with my husband, Masindi Musahana. We are from Gate Ministries, East London. As always at this point, I'd like to welcome Gate Ministries, East London family and still indicate that indeed it is a delight to fellowship together with you in the word of the Lord. We are also grateful for having been kept by the Lord and that you are kept as well by the Lord. Uh, we still long for that day when we come into fellowship with one another. I know at this point we are fellowshipping via Zoom, uh, but we look forward, we long to see you. And I also want to welcome those who hear the word of God through this platform. That includes family, friends, and anyone who relates to us. We thank you and we pray that uh, we trust God that um, the messages that are being shared through this platform uh, enrich your lives and help you to see God um, from a more accurate vantage point. Yes, and um, it's, not, it's not long now until we gather physically, mm -hmm. you know, True, yes. it's not long now. So we're getting closer to that time <coughs> where we'll gather uh, in person. Um, we've been talking, discussing the church as the family of God. We've been more um, discussing on the principles that are governing, you know, that family. Yes. We touch on the spirit of deputization, that spirit of the father. Mm -hmm. We dwelt more last time where we talked about the spirit of the father that needs to be resident mm -hmm. in the house. So that the sons in the family may arise into their full stature. You know, the, the full stature of Christ yes. as the son of God. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate. And we've also looked at how when God judged his people, especially his shepherds, mm -hmm. he judged them for not leading his people uh, in his spirit, mm -hmm. but leading his people for his own benefit. We've also seen how Jesus as the good shepherd shows us how when that spirit rests upon men, it brings freedom. Mm -hmm. yeah. And... Um, in this session, I think we'll continue to look at examples of how some of the attributes of that spirit and how that spirit manifests um, over those whom God chooses to cause the spirit to manifest. This is a, a broad subject. I think we are just brushing yeah. over the subject, hoping to cause you to, you know, as a Berean, to go and search the scriptures to see if what we are saying is true. Now, um, one of the scriptures that um, I want us to look at, at today is um, the book of Luke, chapter 1. I think from verse 71, where Zechariah is actually, when God had spoken through his angel to Zechariah, that he was going to have a son, and um, unfolds his purposes, um, speaks of his purposes, God's purposes to him, and Zechariah gives praise you know, um, to, to, to God, and he says, um, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, that's verse 70, you know, that is God promising them a salvation uh, through, from the house of David, you know. As he spoke from the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us. 
to perform the mercy from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Uh, one thing that draws me um, to this scripture is how Jesus, in bringing redemption, was also bringing a way through which the sons of God would serve God without fear. You know, remember in the Old Testament there was um, there was trembling. Yes, mm -hmm. to fear God is uh, is healthy. You know, but there was a serious fear. Mm -hmm. Of um, you know serving God because of some of the things people knew they did like you know sin, and as a result, even the high priest, when during on the day of atonement, when he went into the holy mm -hmm. of holies, they had to make sure that he wears a bell and that there's a um, a rope tied around his um, waist or leg, um, so that should anything happen to him while he's in the holies of holies that they would pull him out. So he went in with trembling. And so what Jesus has done for us is to redeem us, knowing that our sins are forgiven, they have been blotted out, you know, and that we have been brought back into the family of God, you know. We have been grafted in, you know. Um, God remembers what we have done no more, but he has grafted us in, brought us back into a place where we are no longer foreigners or orphans, but sons that we may come to a place where we'll fulfill the purposes of God, even for our generation, without fear, you know, with freedom. You know, that's one of the things that um, Jesus has done for us. Um, God as a father, through Jesus, desires to redeem his sons, that they may once again return to their rightful place and serve without any fear or without any shame. We can no longer have a church that is not led by the Spirit of Father. We have seen, if we can be honest and frank with ourselves, how when the Spirit of man leads a church, you know, some of us are left broken. You know, um, some of us are left not understanding exactly what you know, God is doing on the earth. Foreign spirits come into the church. And sometimes because we struggle to help people gravitate towards God, what God wants them to become, we then introduce foreign teaching, we introduce postmodernism, self-help, and all these things, you know, with the desire to try and lift the people of God up, but then make a mess of what God intended His church to be. In, in what you were saying uh, just now about mm. the fear, mm. you know, that so that people of God may serve God without fear. Yes. In the last session, we touched that uh, one of the spirit of the Father, one of the things you see it by is love. Exactly. You know, when Jesus said to Peter, we quoted it last time, mm -hmm. if you, do you love me? Mm -hmm. uh, feed uh, my yes. sheep. Yes. Now we know that perfect love casts out all fear. fear. 
their world. Thank you. So, so when we love the people of God, they are able to be themselves yeah. in the presence Liberated. of God. Liberated. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and those, in fact, those are things we are talking about where people, um, you know, where people um, conform to what they believe is expected of them in church. That's mm-hmm. why you, you find um, what I may call religious people, people who come to church and um, show us what we want to see, they're, they're holy side. But when they go home, they struggle with a lot of things, alcoholism, pornography, you know, they still abuse um, others, the way they speak and all that. Um, because um, we have created this environment where the requirement is to conform. There's no love, you know, there's no fatherly nurturing. You know, so people come, they become what we want them to be and then go back into their lives. But when there's love, people are free even to share their struggles because they know that in this love, this is where I can be set free from the things that challenge me. And therefore, fathers, the spirit of father, we need to arise, we need to cry out to God, we need to come before him and say, God, as your shepherds, as those whom you have called, we come to a place where we recognize that we cannot do it without your spirit. And we need to die to self that God may minister to his people through us. And just to remind us why God gave us the fivefold ministry, you know, if we could remember, if you look at Ephesians 4, um, verses 11 to 16, it says, And he himself, that is Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, not just ushering and being in a prayer ministry or uh, what you call preaching. Yes, those things are good, but ministry is everywhere. Remember, the, the thing that God requires of us is for us to reflect Him, you know, for nature to see us, His sons, to see us of the church of God, of the family of God, and know that God has manifested Himself on the earth. You know. that, those are the work, works of ministry. For the edifying, that is empowering of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, you know, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we are given this thing, God calls us to serve others, to minister to others, even as we shepherd their lives, because he wants every one of us to grow, to mature in our Christ-likeness. And one of the things when we mature in our Christ-likeness, just as Jesus was the Son of God, we then begin to see God as our Father and we understand that we are His sons. And what happens then? We become people who are grounded. We are no longer um, like children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You know, the trickery of men or the cunning and craftiness um, of deceitful plotting. And family, if I could call you that, allow me to call you that. The times that we live in, there's so much doctrine 
which is not the doctrine of Christ that is out there. Uh, in fact, if I could digress a little, um, um, when you look at the, at the book of Revelations, if you look at um, chapter 13 and 14, um, there's a picture of the church there when the woman gives birth to, 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 to a child, you know. And um, 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 we know that in order for the enemy or the dragon to get hold of that child, he spews a flood of water, you know. And that flood of water is representative of um, doctrine or other ideologies, you know. So the one thing that the enemy can do to infiltrate the church is to bring foreign ideology into the church. And if we are unable to come into a place of maturity as sons, you know, to help others come to a place of maturity knowing who they are in God, then the false doctrine that, that uh, the enemy causes to come into the church sweeps them away. And when there's a fatherly love, when the, when the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God the Father is in the church and helps people come become mature in their faith, what happens, even as um, the book of Hebrews would tell us, they um, grow from just people who consume milk to consuming meat and understanding the more, uh, what you call, difficult and deep things you know, of God. And that's where we should desire to move the people of God towards. Yes, and um, to me that speaks to also uh, the desire to love in the Word of God. Yeah. Because this, what you're talking about now, the false doctrine, mm. the, false, the false doctrine creeps into church because there's a, you know, there's what drought of the word of God yeah. being um, preached or established in us the sheep, mm. you know, or the sons of God mm. in, in, in what we are discussing mm. and then the absence of that word of God in us the depth of it as mm. we are saying that meat, we, might, we will graduate now from milk to, to meat mm. the absence of us now being uh, able to consume meat let me not say the absence, our inability to consume meat, mm. it makes us at risk of every doctrine that sways us because we are not grounded or deep. And mm. whose role uh, to ground us in the word of God is the spirit the of the Father. The shepherd, yes. You know? Thank you. Mm. So um, these are serious things in our building of, um, of the family of God, the church. Mm. Mm. Uh, in fact, if when the Spirit of the Father is uh, present in a family or in a church, what happens if we go back quickly to Malachi? Remember in the book of Malachi, he mm. said he would turn the, the hearts of the, the fathers father. to the sons or to the children. Mm. And what happens to um, the, the hearts of the children? children? They are turned to the fathers. So when the hearts of um, the fathers are turned to the children, when the hearts of the sons turn, they do not only see us, the shepherd, mm. but they learn to see God, their father, in heaven. You know? And um, 
When we do that, it, that should actually change even the way we see the Great Commission. You know, uh, Matthew 28, verses, I think, 16 to 18. Go ye therefore into the world and make uh, disciples of all nations. I want us to quickly look at that from a different angle. You know, when you look at the word disciple, um, uh, when, in fact, when you look at the word, yeah, when you look at the word wios, uh, which refers to a son, yeah. you find that, among other meanings, it also refers to one who is a learner, one who is a pupil, one who is a disciple. You know? So, what we should be making, we should not be making just followers of Christ. Yes, in order to become a son, we should follow Christ. You know, as he would say to um, Peter and some of the disciples he recruited, that follow me and I will make you. you know. We should be followers in order to become you know, we should learn. We are disciples in order to learn how to become more like Christ, oh. how to become more like sons. So it doesn't mm. end there of you being mm. a disciple. Yeah. You know, we, we, I'm a disciple now. It, mm. it doesn't end there. There's, mm. there's more. Mm. It's learning that should grow you. One of the things that we should learn about scripture, that it's one of the things that enrich my life so much that beyond the learning about God, you know, when we are able to go into the Word and mine the principles, you know, like gold, there's, there's, there's only one way, tell me, I've learned to change a man's life. To change a man's life, you must change his paradigm, you must change his worldview, you must change the way he sees things. He must change his mindset. And as you change his mindset, his heart, his habits, everything about him changes. And so in the word of God, what we look for behind the story, you know, behind the things that are taught, behind the things that Jesus did, uh, are embedded principles that should be built into our lives. So a disciple is one who goes into scripture, who listens to the word to find these principles and not only keep them as revelation, but allow these principles to be built into their lives. Mm. One of the things that has happened, I know we are lingering uh, quite a bit on this point, but allow us. One of the, the things that has happened to us, for instance, uh, the book of Timothy speaks of itchy, uh, people with itchy ears. But I know that as a church, we also have become people who are always itching for revelation. Mm or the next revelation, we've, come, we've become like the, the Greeks, you know, where Paul would speak to them about the, the unknown God, the statues that they had. They always had an ear or a desire to hear someone speak of something new, you know. And sometimes, um, as people of God, we become despondent because we get tired of hearing a new revelation, new revelation. What we have missed to do over the years is to um, mine the principles that are embedded in that, what, that, that which is revelation. You know? mm -hmm. When God reveals something to us, He reveals it to us so that we can open it up like a gift. Take the principles therein and apply them to our lives you know, and our li allow our lives to change.
Okay, let's move on. So, we, we, we should look at making disciples differently. You know? And together with that, uh, the other thing that we should look at differently is the latter part of that, um, uh, what you call that verse, where it says, uh, baptizing them. So make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When we look at um, making disciples as building the people of God up, then we also look at baptism differently. Remember, the actual baptism is quite symbolic. It is symbolic of one who dies to his ways, who dies to his way of seeing things, his paradigm, to acquire a new way of seeing things. You know, when you come out of the water, all you know is that I have died with Christ. Now I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. But that takes work to build in, 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 in one. And we will know that that has been built in us when, um, as the scripture says, as we are baptized in the name of the Father, you know, we come to a place where we know that God is our Father. There is no other name that we know under heaven you know, that brings us into a place of family or into a place of communion with God. And in this new paradigm or this new mindset, we know that we are the sons of God, you know, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and understand that we are led by the Spirit of God. You know? So we are not merely to make um, disciples, but build people up to come into the fullness of the stature of who Christ is as the Son of God. Jesus is our great example in this. Yeah. In that um, he knew that in order for him to grow or come to a place where he is ready for his ministry on the earth, you know, he had to submit himself or submit his life to an earthly father. I am I'm here making a case or trying to bolster what we're talking about of how um, um, spiritual father and God as a, a heavenly father, spiritual father are principles you know, in scripture. If you look at uh, the book of Luke chapter 2 from verses 46 to 50, um, Joseph and Mary uh, go to Jerusalem but on their way home they discover that Jesus is not there. You know? So they look for him. And uh, now so it was it was that after three days they found him in the temple, mm -hmm. sitting in the midst of teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. You see, at an early age. Mm -hmm. yeah? So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Okay? And he said to them, why did you seek me? Why did you look for me? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? No. But they did not understand the statement, statement which he spoke to them. No. So Jesus knew from an early age that he is here to represent his heavenly father. No. But he also understood that
To grow in the purposes of his heavenly father, he needed to be submitted to an earthly father. You know? Listen to what Luke, um, uh, verses 51 and 52 of Luke 2 says. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, you know, and was subjected, subject to them. So he submitted to his earthly father and his earthly mother. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So, and Jesus often referred to himself um, as son of man and as son of God, you know. And God himself entrusted his son to an earthly father. And through that man, God fathered him until he was ready to be publicly declared as the son of God, you know, when he was ready for ministry. And as he was baptized, um, the spirit of God descended and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. One of the things that pleased God, mm. the men in which Jesus walked submitted on and submitted, yeah. you know, to knowing that, because Jesus, at no point, he didn't mm. know that he's a son of God. Exactly. At no point. Mm. But um, he submitted, you know, to Joseph mm. as his earthly father. So submission to an earthly father, I know sometimes we look at it and we say, but I cannot submit to a man. Oh. I submit only to God. Mm. It is a principle, mm. you know. And the father that we must submit to is one in whom the spirit of God rests. And we've spoken about the attributes of that spirit. You'll see it. You know when you come there, you know, you feel fathered. Mm. You feel that there is love in this place. Mm. You feel that you are cared for. And in that environment, you, you, you become free to be you. You become free to seek God, to serve Him, you know. And most importantly, it creates that desire to know God more and to love God more. It draws you near to God, you know. Mm. When you meet or you encounter with that Spirit of the Father, you are bound to have the desire to, to know God more mm. and to love God more and to be more like Christ. That's what happens. Yeah. So as we conclude um, this session, I think we just want to highlight what we are saying. That um, the church is the family of God. Yes. No? And God has put principles in place. Um, the ones that we have uh, shared are not conclusive, yeah. as I said earlier. Yeah. These are things that should tease our thinking and cause us to look deeper into these things. Mm -hmm. you know? We know that there's a spirit as leaders that we should allow to uh, rest upon us, you know, that, that spirit of Father. You know, and when the, that spirit comes, we know that as shepherds, in the environment where we are, when we lay our lives down for others, mm -hmm. then they'll come into their own where they know that they are sons of God you know, and grow in that. And they will not only see us as fathers, but they will also see God, their, their heavenly father. You know? And God indeed is our father. God has desired, God had designed life that he may be the father of men. You know? We know, for example, in, in Luke chapter 3, um, the last verse there, we are told, Adam was the son of God. You know? We look at how God addressed himself when he spoke to the Israelites. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. 
when he sends Moses, he says, Moses, you shall say to Pharaoh, with my son. <coughs> Excuse me, yes. Um, Israel is my son, son, even my firstborn son. When he speaks to Israelites through Moses in the book of Deuteronomy, he reminds them that in the wilderness, you know, you saw how the Lord carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. You know? So God has always desired that we, we know him as, as God who is our father. The book of Romans tells us that we wait, for I consider the sufferings of this present time not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What is that glory? A sonship being revealed in us. You know? For the annexed expectation of creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. So, church as a family of God is a place where sons of God must be revealed, even as the spirit of the Father reigns in that place. Once again, I pray that we come to a place where we allow the spirit to reign, that sons may come into their own. In the next session, we will have a look. We will now turn, we've been looking at fathers and how fathers should operate. In the next session, we will do a quick study, for instance, of the um, parable of the prodigal son to see how a son in the environment of the father should function. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your principles. Lord, I know this word doesn't, um, it's, it's not a word that's just designed for others. It's a word that's designed for us also. For Lord, you are calling all your people, all your shepherds, to lead your flocks, Lord, as a father would, as you would, oh God. Father, I pray that the spirit of father would engulf your church, your family in this city. That your spirit of father, the spirit of father may engulf the body of Christ, oh God, throughout this country. The spirit of father, oh God, may engulf and lead and work, oh God, in your church throughout the world. Lord, we ask you for grace. We ask you for strength. We ask you for understanding, Lord. That we may understand how we should decrease and how to decrease our Father, even in how we have led in the past. That, Lord, as your sons, we may be led by your Spirit in how we should father others. Thank you, Lord, for revealing these things to us. And, Father, we know that you reveal these things because you want to bring us into a place in you that is better than where we are currently. I pray, Father, that understanding may be a portion, that we may know how to walk in these truths that you are revealing. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I look forward to the next session, <laughs> even as we speak now to the sons. And I hope that um, these uh, messages will provoke you to delve more into scripture. I think we will also plug in to
to um, the, our links on the, on the video, some of the websites perhaps you could look at oh, yes. if you want to study these things further. Till next time, always with love, goodbye.